This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Is birth control making women bisexual? Today, we are talking about the importance of balancing your hormones naturally with Emily Dietrich. She is an expert in hormonal balance and also helping women understand the importance of their cycles and nourishing our bodies in accordance with the cycle that God has given us. We are covering this and so much more on today's episode of Wellness Wednesday on Relatable. And this episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com, code Allie. Emily, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. I'm so excited. Yes. Okay, first, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Yes. My name is Emily on Instagram. I'm Little Ray of Health. That's how most people know me. But my name is Emily. A lot of people think it's Rachel because it's Little Ray. Yeah. Emily Ray, I'm a certified health coach, and I help women balance their hormones naturally using mostly food as medicine. Okay, you're the first person that I followed that has an emphasis on balancing hormones. I mean, I see a lot of health coaches on social media. They help you lose weight, count your macros, change your body composition by eating certain kinds of foods, but your emphasis is on hormonal balance. Yeah. So tell us how you got there. Like, how did you make that central to what you do? Yes. Okay. I mean, I feel like with most people, everything got messed up and I had to heal myself. So you make your mess your message kind of thing and became a health coach. And along that journey, I tried different diets. You learn about different diets. You learn about different things. I tried going vegan. I tried doing this and that. I had been on birth control at this point since I was 15 and I became a health coach when I was 22. Hormonal birth control. Yes. Yes. Hormonal birth control. I tried like four different kinds. It was like a Goldilocks, like maybe the next one, maybe the next one over the course of eight years. And towards at first, it was great. At first, I didn't notice anything. I was like, oh, this is great. I was put on birth control at 15 for really no reason. That's so many people's story. Yeah. I mean, that's my story too. Yeah. I didn't have acne. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't sexually active. Like I didn't have acne. I didn't have horrible periods. Like it was just, okay, this is what everyone's doing. Here you go. And so I didn't know any better. My mom didn't, you know, my sister was on it. All my friends were. So got on birth control when I was young. And then, you know, years go by. I'm in my 20s. I'm drinking, right? I'm going out. I'm staying up late. I'm not eating the best. Like I'm trashing my body, basically. And as I'm becoming a health coach, my health is crumbling. Mm. And I became a health coach. I got a psych degree, but I knew I didn't want to be like a therapist. I knew I wanted to help people. Always love helping people. I know I'm like a healer. It's kind of my ministry, you know? And I was like, but it's not going to be through like psychology. And I've always been passionate about nutrition and health. Kind of runs in my family. My grandpa was that way. My mom's kind of crunchy. And so I was like, I'll become a health coach. So I do that. And as I'm doing that, my health is crumbling. Mm. And it was so scary. One, I didn't know what was happening. And I didn't have anything to compare to. Like I didn't understand. I hadn't changed anything. Yeah. But as I'm going through this, like 
I'm gaining weight. My periods are horrible, super yeah. painful. My acne's crazy. This is early 20s. This is early 20s. Okay. This is like I'm 22, 23, and everything, everything just backfired on me. And I, but you had yeah. been kind of, you'd been interested in fitness, and yes. people would probably have looked at you and said, "Oh, she's healthy. She 100%. likes working out. She eats I pretty healthy. Great. I was okay. in really good shape, and I didn't." Like, yes, I, at that point, I went through a phase where I was counting macros. I was going to the gym, but I wasn't under eating severely or anything. I was really eating good, good food, high quality food. And so that was part of it. I was like, I'm healthy. I don't understand what's happening. Why am I gaining weight? I had cellulite and I was like, it was this, it was just scary to yeah. feel like I wasn't in control. Which like was I was different a prisoner. for you. Now, some people have had, always had cellulite, even yeah. though they're working out. But for you, that's not something that you had had. So it yeah. was kind of a strange development at the time. It was rapid too. Yeah. It was in a matter of months. My body changed so much. And yeah, cellulite happens. Like it's not abnormal. Even lean people have cellulite. There's so many different things, genetics. Um, and I still have some, you know what I mean? Like it's normal. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I really didn't know what was going on. I went to doctors. Yeah. My doctor told me that everything I was going through was normal, right? I'm telling her. I also had mood swings, right? Hormonal acne. I had no libido, like no nothing. Like I felt nothing Yeah, is the only way you I can describe it. I felt numb. I would look at the man that I loved and I'd feel nothing. Mm. And it was terrifying. I thought it was broken. Um, and I've talked to so many women that have that same experience. And it's so scary. Mm. And so I went to doctor after doctor and they were like, we don't know what's going on. Also, I took a round of antibiotics for strep throat, messed up my gut. So like yeah. I was bloated. I couldn't eat anything without my stomach hurting. Like really everything unraveled all at once. What kind of doctors were you going to? Like endocrinologists? Like Kaiser. Or? Kaiser okay. does just my traditional GP. I didn't go as far as seeing an endocrinologist or seeing like some at that point eight years ago gut health wasn't a thing really like they would just be like oh you have ibs or you have this like we don't know going gluten-free wasn't a thing um they diagnosed me with non-celiac gluten sensitivity okay so like i do have an issue with it but it's kind of like in my opinion it's kind of like saying sids it's like we don't know what's happening but something's happening mm. so here's a label mm. okay. and so i just felt like going to doctor after doctor, not feeling heard, feeling gaslit about my own experience hmm. and just going, no one believes me. This is not normal. Yeah. I don't feel okay. Stop telling me I'm fine. I'm not fine. So they're just looking at all of your symptoms and they're saying, well, yeah, a lot of people are bloated. So yep. what that you have cellulite? So what you gain weight? That's just something that happens. Yeah. So what your periods are painful. That's normal. Yeah. Welcome to being a, I remember one of my doctors was like, oh, sweetie, that's just being a woman. And I'm like, that's not the reality that yeah. I'm going to accept. And you were 22. It's not like you were 13 and you didn't know what a period was. Exactly. Exactly. And so I had a period long enough to know, like, this isn't how it should be. And it's changed so much. So I decided to take matters into my own hands. I was like, I'm, you guys are not helping me. Mm -hmm. I'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I'm becoming a health coach. I'm doing research. I basically become my own guinea pig. And I research all of these things. I research the side effects of birth control. I get off birth control. And I just felt... You get to a point where you know there's like a disconnect. You're like, I know this isn't right for me. Like, I know I'm putting something in my body that's changing me. Like, why am I doing it? Did more research on birth control and like the side effects. I mean, the insert is insane. Mm -hmm. The side effects list is crazy. Yeah. 
And so I decided like, I'm going to heal myself. I cut out dairy and gluten. I worked to heal my gut. And then that's when I dove into hormone balance. So I did take some courses in hormones, hormone health, just to be like more specific so I could teach other women. But on that journey, I made it my mission to help and I was like, if I can help one woman not go through what I went through, this is worth it. Yeah. And so then it took me about a year at that point because I was trying to figure it out. It was like two steps forward, one step back. I didn't have a roadmap. And so it took a while, but here I am. And I realized food, it's like food you eat three times a day, right? Three plus times. It is something we're exposed to so much and it has such powerful healing properties. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's That's kind of what got me here. Yeah. So tell us specifically what you found about how your diet affects your hormones and like, what did that look like for you in that year? So what I realized is blood sugar is a massive contributor to hormone imbalances and mood issues and weight and cravings and acne and all of these crazy things. And no one thinks about it unless you're diabetic or pre-diabetic or runs in your family. No one thinks about balancing their blood sugar, right? No one thinks about like, hmm, maybe first thing in the morning, I shouldn't have like a venti iced coffee with caramel sauce and a croissant. Mm. Like it's just kind of the thing. People, yeah. that's what they do. Cereal. And your body craves that. I think if you are used to yeah. that. And I, you know, I've been there um, of just wanting that. And I do, I love carbs and sugar. Mm-hmm. And so I understand that. And that's a craving, especially if you've kind of, fasted since the night before yep. and your body has low blood sugar that's what you want in the morning 100 so a lot of people don't question their cravings they just want to satisfy yeah. them and we hear like oh if you have craving you should satisfy them and there are certain things but there's a reason you have those cravings and mm. so kind of like what you're saying is the more sugar you eat one you feed those bugs in your gut and so the more sugar you eat the more sugar you crave But also what happens when we eat something really high in sugar, right? With no, I call them like naked carbs. So we're talking like if you have sourdough, but you don't have like butter or maybe avocado, anything to offset it, that's going to spike your blood sugar. And then what's going to happen is your body will like kind of overproduce insulin to compensate for this big wave it sees coming. And then once that crashes, that sugar crash, your body, which is so smart, right? We were so like intelligently created that our body goes, okay, we're low on blood sugar. What's the quickest form of energy? Mm. That's sugar. Mm. So then it sends signals out of like, give us sugar, give us quick energy because we're crashing. Then more sugar cravings mm. like ensue. So it's mm-hmm. kind of this Vicious endless cycle. circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how does that affect our hormones? How so, does blood sugar affect our hormones? Yeah. So when our blood sugar dips or spikes, we also, like if our blood sugar spikes, insulin also spikes, right? Mm-hmm. So insulin and then cortisol spikes. So we're spiking our stress hormones. Mm. And if we're constantly riding the cycle of spiking our stress hormones, creating inflammation, right? We're eating sugar, refined sugars. All of this just creates this perfect storm. And for example, like if you start your day with a croissant and an iced coffee from wherever it is or a bagel or something like that without any protein or fats or anything to compensate for it, what's going to happen is you're going to start your day with a cortisol, a stress hormone spike. And then it kind of just creates this wave Mm. that you're going to ride where you're going to have sugar cravings. So you're going to give in to them and then it just keeps going. So it's really the stress hormones and the cortisol with the blood sugar. Yeah. You know, I can see that there have been periods of time and in my life. And that's not to say that I'm eating perfectly healthy right now either, but 
where not purposely, but I will just barely eat anything from the morning until like 1 p.m. Mm -hmm. And then by 1 p.m., I am so starved that really all I want, it's like my body is audibly speaking to me and saying, I want carbs. Yes. I want sugar. You need that. And you feel like you're going to die if you don't get (laughs) it, you know? The hanger. Yes. 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 And so, but you feel stressed during that time. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know how the cycle exactly works, but it does feel like cortisol is high and is telling you, I need to get that sugar and carb. I need those quick forms of energy or else I'm just going to go kaput. A hundred percent. And this is why I'm such a big proponent of eating breakfast within an hour of waking up, which I know I'm not asking you to eat like some all-star breakfast, all American, three eggs, bacon, toast. Like it doesn't have to be that crazy because I understand like you're a busy mom. If you're on the go, you have so much going on. You don't have time to sit down, cook yourself and eat an hour in like spend an hour on breakfast. So- what I say is, can you just eat something within an hour of waking up that's high in protein, has some fats that's going to stabilize your blood sugar? I'm telling you this one change, not starting your day with coffee, but starting it with something protein focused with some fats, maybe a little carbs too. I'm not saying I'm not against carbs. Um, and instead of just jumping for coffee right away, it is going to change the course of your day and your hormones drastically because it's going to stabilize cortisol. It's going to stabilize blood sugar. It's going to stabilize any cravings. And there's also something I don't want to get too sciencey or crazy, no, but okay. there's something called the protein leverage hypothesis, Okay, which basically says that our body wants protein the most. It's what we search for in food. Hmm. So if you are eating something that's high carb, like chips or something like that, there's not a lot of protein, mm-hmm. but your body's searching for that protein in it. Mm. And so what it's going to do is it's going to continue to tell you to keep eating mm. until it satisfies the protein. So it'll tell your body, I'm still hungry. Yes, I'm still hungry. I'm still hungry. Even though maybe you've exceeded, you're in a calorie surplus, but you still feel hungry. Yeah. And so I think most people just don't get enough protein in. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I definitely am a coffee drinker first thing in the morning because I feel like I need it Mm -hmm. to wake me up and it takes more effort to make an egg, especially, you know, on the go trying to get my kids dressed and everything like that. You're just like, I just need the coffee. Totally. And But I can definitely see how it just kind of induces cravings and spikes cortisol. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really make you feel that great. It no. makes me feel a little bit jittery yeah. if I'm not also eating too. So I could see that being a problem and kind of setting you up for the rest of the day to not do that great. Yeah, like I, look, coffee is my favorite. No one has to cut out coffee. I'm not telling you to cut out coffee. I love it. I can't go a day without it. It's my favorite. But what I've done now is I drink half-calf. So I buy like two bags of beans or whatever and I mix them together, like Nespresso sells half-calf pods. So I can have a full mug of coffee, but there's less caffeine. I add like real creamer, like real milk, raw milk or coconut milk, cashew milk or some better options for some fats. And then I'll also add protein to it. Mm. And then I have a little snack on the side, not a full on breakfast. But if you're eating while you're drinking coffee, it's another compromise. Like I'm not asking you to eat a full breakfast first, but if we can eat something with it, it's going to change the game. Especially something with protein. Mm -hmm. So even if it's just like a hard boiled egg or something like that. Totally. 
All right, quick pause to tell you guys about an exciting new series that we've got for Blaze TV subscribers, and that is called Debatable. Our first episode of Debatable is between a Catholic apologist and a Protestant apologist, Catholic apologist Trent Horn and Protestant apologist Dr. James White. It's an incredible conversation spanning two hours. You guys are absolutely going to love it, whether you are a Catholic or a Protestant, or you're not either one of those. You don't know what to think. You are going to love this episode of Debatable. So go to blazetv.com slash Allie. Use code Allie for $30 off your subscription. When you subscribe, you get access to this, all of the other content that we've got coming down the pipeline for subscribers, as well as all of Glenn's stuff, Steve Dace's stuff, the uh, Unashamed Guy stuff, so much for Blaze TV subscribers there. Go to blazetv.com slash Allie, code Allie, blazetv.com slash Allie. So what does cortisol do to your body when it spikes first thing in the morning? Um, how does that affect your other hormones? So cortisol is our stress hormone. Mm-hmm. And look, it gets a bad rap, but like we need cortisol. Yeah, yeah. Helps wake us up in the morning. So cortisol is highest kind of at the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. which again is why you don't want to throw coffee, basically throwing fuel in the fire. Yeah. Um, and true. so it's highest. It helps wake us up. And then it will kind of peak again mid-afternoon. Okay. And then what's going to happen is as the day starts to come to a close, the sun starts to set, cortisol is dipping off and melatonin is spiking to help mm-hmm. volume to help you fall asleep. Okay. So the hormones are kind of like a symphony. Okay. They all work together. You have estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, cortisol, insulin, thyroid hormones, and they all work as a symphony. So when hormones are imbalanced um, and also balanced hormones, there's not a perfect balance. They just kind of work together. Okay. So when I talk about balancing them, you just don't want too much of one more than you're supposed to have too little of the other. Right. And in the same way, a symphony, if one instrument is out of tune, the whole symphony is out of whack. Nothing sounds right. Yeah. Same with hormones. Okay. So if one hormone is out of whack, you can't exactly play like whack-a-mole of like, okay, but how do I raise, like, how do I lower cortisol or how do I raise progesterone or how do I lower estrogen? You really have to hit them all together Mm -hmm. and focus on like the core foundations instead of just one. Okay. So for example, if cortisol is spiking, insulin could be spiking, you could have then progesterone gets eaten away. Okay. So if we're in a stress state and progesterone is the arguably the most important hormone when it comes to fertility, Mm -hmm. Um, it's what helps sustain a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So women that are having miscarriages, they have no problem getting pregnant, but Mm -hmm. it's staying pregnant, sustaining that progesterone. Yeah. And it's also what triggers, basically what triggers menopause later in life is like your estrogen begins to rise without progesterone, progesterone tapers off and that's when menopause starts. Right. Women who have, sometimes when they have a history of miscarriages, once they get pregnant, they will have to take progesterone so that their baby will be able to survive. And that's when you, after you get pregnant, sometimes you have to test your progesterone to see if your baby is continuing to grow. And so all of this works together. Exactly. And progesterone is also known as the chill hormone. Mm. So if you notice that you're getting kind of anxious before your period, that could be you have low progesterone. So progesterone is supposed to raise in the second half of your menstrual cycle, which is your luteal phase. And so if you don't have enough, you might have shorter cycles um, because progesterone is what helps lengthen that phase. But you might get kind of, yeah, heart palpitations or feel anxious or have trouble sleeping when you're getting closer to your period. 
Okay, so we covered breakfast and kind of the hormones that can start off your day and set you up. What about the rest of the day? Why does it matter what you eat for lunch or what you eat for dinner? And how can we eat in a way that helps balance, as it were, our hormones for the rest of the day? So I always like to make protein the star of the show. If you take one thing from this podcast, it's just eating more protein, high quality protein as often as you can, making that the star of the show. So kind of helping... It's easy to eat enough protein if you're not overeating other things. Like a lot of people are like 100 grams of protein minimum. I'm like, how am I supposed to get that? Mm -hmm. It's like, well, if you're not eating a ton of other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like I said, I love carbs. I eat a lot of potatoes. I love rice. Like I love fries. Fries are my vice. Um, But what I focus on is making protein the star of the show. So making sure we're having like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The focus is protein at least a serving. So four to six ounces, depending on whatever that is. And then building your plate around that. Okay. So adding some carbs and some healthy fats. So balancing your plate really at the bottom, like bottom line is you want protein to fill up like almost half your plate, like a good amount of protein. And then some healthy fats, just a serving, whether it's you're putting olive oil and fats can be part of the protein. So like you have a fattier cut of meat, you have salmon, something like that. And then maybe some greens, some carbs, and you're good to go. Okay. Do you agree with kind of the traditional advice that we've heard for a long time that we should be eating a ton of leafy greens? Because you hear such an emphasis Mm -hmm. on vegetables. They tend to be the thing that a lot of people don't like eating. I don't love eating vegetables. And you hear that is the key to being healthy and staying uh, away from infections and getting sick and things like that. I will say... And I get this message all the time. Like, Emily, I don't see you eat a lot of vegetables. I really don't. Mm. I eat like starchy veggies, like carrots, potatoes count. And I do love greens. Like if it's arugula, I'm not eating a ton of greens. I'm not overdosing on veggies for the most part. I really think protein is the most important macronutrient. And then behind it, fats. And then behind it, carbs. But avocado has carbs and fiber. I count that as kind of a vegetable on my plate. I really look for vegetables as fiber and colors. Mm-hmm. Like you can get colors from sweet potatoes and carrots and there's purple potatoes and there's so many different things. I also think there's something to it of if no one likes, like there's this whole thing, no one likes vegetables that much, right? Yeah. Unless they're slathered in butter or something like that. Yeah. And I think there's a reason for that. Mm. Um, That's like, an interesting you know? theory. Yeah. Same with and babies. I- like if you give a baby either steak or broccoli, they're probably going to choose the steak. Yeah. Mm. You know, that's interesting because you do hear, especially from people who are hardcore carnivore, and I'm not saying that's where you are, but people who basically only eat animal protein and animal fat, they have made the argument, which I thought was interesting, that a lot of the leafy greens that we eat, a lot of vegetables that we eat, that we're actually eating the wrong part of it, that the part that we're eating is more toxic. And the reason why it tastes bad is because it is the plant telling you, don't eat me. I don't want you eat me you can eat the fruit that I bear but don't eat the leaf part and that's why it tastes bad I'm like oh my gosh I'm such a genius that's why I've never liked kale that's it yeah yeah no I would have to agree with that is that there's something called anti-nutrients inside of plants so if you think of an animal its defense mechanism it can run away from you if it doesn't want to get eaten mm. plants can't run away yeah so they have anti-nutrients oxalates these kind of like little toxic compounds that are meant to essentially kind of make you sick mess up your digestive system for animals so that animals don't eat them we don't eat 
eat them. Um, and yeah, here, they're like, here, I made you fruit. Like, eat my fruit. You don't need to eat my leaves or anything like that. So yes, I eat like arugula here and there. There's like bitter digestive. They're good for your digestive system. But yeah, I will say, I don't think vegetables are the end all be all of health. I okay. really don't. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. I like I like beef a lot more than I like broccoli. There so you that's great. That's good news. Okay, another break to tell you guys about Carly Jean Los Angeles. I mean, I don't have to tell you at this point. You guys know how much I love CJLA. I'm wearing my CJLA jeans as I always am. I'm always wearing their denim because it is so comfortable. It looks the best highest quality without spending an arm and a leg on designer jeans. I'm also wearing my little CJLA tank. I also happen to be wearing some of my merch, but it's not available to you yet. And so we'll talk about that later. But I love Carly Jean Los Angeles so much. This is a Christian-owned company. Carly, her husband, their family, they're just the real deal. They love God. They love life. They love America. So this is a great place, ladies, for you to be spending your shopping dollars. If you go to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com, You can use code RELATABLE for 20% off your entire order. So use code RELATABLE for 20% off your entire order by going to CarlyJeanLosAngeles.com. So when you were on this healing journey yourself, you were discovering this. When did you start to see improvements in your body? I will say I started the second I got off birth control. I felt a million times better. Like I can't even immediately, like immediately the same way people, when I've heard people describe like getting implants taken out of like, uh, when I woke up, I immediately, like my eyes were clearer Wow! and getting off of birth control was the same thing. I was like, Oh, this is what it feels like to be me. Mm, Like it feels like coming home to yourself. I can't explain it, but I get messages all the time from women that are like, I got off birth control and like, I woke up happy today. That is so sad. It it breaks. It makes me want to cry. It's really sad. Okay, let's talk about the birth control for a second. I know that I asked you a question and we're not totally finishing it. We'll go back to your health story. But let's talk about the birth control because what you said, how you described that you got on birth control when you were 15, basically for no reason. Me too. I was 17. Almost all my friends. Now, maybe some of them had some kind of reason or they were told they were, it was a reason at the yeah. time for me. And sorry, related bros out there, like this is really <laughs> a related gal heavy, heavy episode. But so I think I, I had mono when I was 17. And so not great, but you know, it happens. And so I think I missed like two periods or something because I was sick and that's what happens. But my doctor acted like this was a really big concern. This was a problem, 17 years old. I didn't have a period twice in a row. You need to get on birth control to regulate your period. That's what we're told, (laughs) regulate your period. And I was the same way. Everyone was on birth control. Like there were people, okay, this is, and again, if my dad and my brother are listening to this, they're not going to like this. But like there were people who got on birth control because like they didn't want to be on their period for spring yes. break or something. And so they would go on birth control to know when their period was going to be. And so you're presented birth control as a teenager. Like this is a harmless thing. You should just get on it and it, it'll it'll be totally fine. Yeah. And so I didn't 
see it as a big deal. I don't think my mom saw it as a huge deal because she just didn't know. Yeah. She just didn't know. And when you have the doctor telling you, you believe this them. is the healthy, right thing to do, and then you're scared to get off of it because you're like, am I going to get acne? Is my period going to be messed up? Mm -hmm. And so I did the same thing. I went through, you know, probably three or four different kinds until also I was 21, 22, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. So many other women have gone through that. This is such a common, like, story. Insane. Yeah. And so, okay, birth control. There's so many different kinds. And I'm going to address basically all, none of them are good. I used to be on the fence, um, like, oh, you should do what's best for you. And obviously you should. But I don't think any woman needs to be on birth control for any reason. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't regulate anything. That's the biggest thing is, oh, it's going to fix your period. It's going to regulate your period. You don't get a period on birth control. It's not a real period. It's a withdrawal bleed from withdrawing from these fake hormones. So fake progesterone, fake estrogen, it's all fake. They're all exogenous hormones. And the way that they work is by basically putting your body in almost like an either like a postmenopausal state or like some people compare it to pregnancy. So you're not ovulating. And it also works by basically like mess thickening the uterine lining so that even if by some chance you got pregnant, nothing can implant. Mm. And so there's different forms. The non-hormonal birth control, copper IUD, copper toxicity is a big issue. Um, copper can increase estrogen and really mess things up. But with the copper IUD, yes, it's non-hormonal, right? So people are like, it's great. There's no hormones. No. The way that it works is by irritating, basically inflaming your uterus. So it's inserted into your uterus and inflames your uterus. And they say that's how it works because nothing can implant. You could still have an egg be fertilized every single month. And it just doesn't implant. Yeah, no which is an ethical that. and moral problem and for those of yes. us who believe that yeah. life starts at fertilization, yeah. not implantation. A lot of people don't realize that. And that is true about the IUD. Some people think that the IUD is different than the pill in that, but it's all doing the same thing. Exactly. And also what they found is that inflammation doesn't stay localized. So I've heard from women, they were like, the copper mm. IUD was the worst one for me. Ugh. Most painful periods, like most heavy cramp, like just terrible. Well, it's a foreign object in your body. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just weird, creepy. Yeah. Um, and then birth control, you're supposed to take it every single day, but you can literally, you can only get pregnant six days out of every cycle, mm. six days. Mm -hmm. And so why are we taking birth control every single day to prevent something that can only happen maximum six days? Yeah. Like I speak to women who are in their thirties and they're like, what? I thought I could get pregnant every day. Like yeah. I just thought I was more fertile when I'm ovulating. Yeah. No, no. It's just six days. Can't. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think that birth control, no woman needs to be on it. So why do you think that so many of us were put on it? Do you just think that these doctors thought that they were helping us out because they just assumed that we were all sexually active when we weren't? It, I feel like it's so multifaceted. That's true. And what it comes down to, in my opinion, I think women are sold a lie that birth control is empowering and birth control is liberating. I think the root of it, it assumes that women are too dumb to understand their own fertility and their own hormones and to like take control of it. So they're like, we're just going to give you this and you can go do whatever you want now. Yeah. And you're going to be so empowered. It's going to be so great. And you're fine. Don't worry about the side effects. Don't worry about the short term or long term effects. Like you're fine. And I so, don't even think we were told that there were any. No. 
And now there's Yaz commercials being like, did you take Yaz? Because you might be entitled to financial <laughs> compensation. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's crazy. And so, yeah, women also, they don't think about these things mm -mm. until they want to get pregnant, mm -hmm. until it's time to just get off birth control. And they try, they're having like the infertility problems that are going on in this country right now are insane and heartbreaking. And it has to do with men also, like men's fertility, which also has to do with food and microplastics and all of these things in our environment. Um, but it's just, it breaks my heart that no one yeah. is told this. Like we go on birth control when we're so young, maybe you're on it for 15 years. Yeah. And then you want to have a kid and you're having massive issues. Right. And people don't talk about, they're starting to, I've started to see conversations about this, but the psychological impact that you can have. And again, this was something that I think we all knew in a very yeah. amateur way in, you know, high school and college, you would hear people say, oh my gosh, this birth control made me psycho. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, or it made me depressed or I was crying all the time. And so I switched and all of us were like, oh yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. And without thinking, oh my yeah. gosh, that is a horrible thing to go through. Yeah. Young women that are put on birth control, like teenage women are 70% more likely to be prescribed antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication, 70% more which is insane. And that was kind of my my experience as well. I went on one, went on another, went on a third, and I was so depressed. Like so, like I'd never experienced anything like it. I'm a very upbeat person and I couldn't get off the couch. Mm. Like there was like this inner monologue of just get up, go for a walk, get in the sunshine, like you'll feel better. And I couldn't move. Couldn't move. And yeah. it was just so, like I said, feeling like a prisoner in your own body going like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not in control. You feel so detached. Mm -hmm. And that was the final straw when I felt like depressed. My doctor was like, well, we can put you on this one. I said, no. Yeah. I'm just done. I got to get out of this cycle. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, the psychological impacts are crazy. And I've heard Dr. Sarah Hill say that you also may be more likely to be bisexual if you are on the pill and that it can yeah. actually change whom you are attracted to if you are a woman. And uh, I've heard the argument that women may be, because I can't speak for everyone, but may be more attracted to more feminine men, yes. if men at all, <laughs> when they are on the pill. This is what? true. Yeah, there's data. There's data. There's studies. When I say this, a lot of women don't believe me. Even men, they come at me in the comments. I'm like, I can send you the studies. What the, one of the ones they did is they showed women on birth control, like pictures, basically like AI mock-ups, right, of men. And then they slightly feminize their features. So one, they look masculine. They look like a man, right? The other one, slightly more feminine features. Women on birth control chose the men with more feminine features. And not only that, really yeah, there's something called the t-shirt test, sweaty t-shirt test. You can look this one up too. <laughs> and they had a bunch of different men work out in these sweat, sweaty t-shirts, right? Put them in bags and have women smell them, essentially smelling their pheromones. Oh my goodness. This is so crazy. I have not heard this. Oh my gosh, okay. this one's so fascinating. And they had women on birth control and not on birth control do this. And the women that were on birth control chose the scent of men who were more genetically similar to them, which you don't want. For the most viable, like resilient offspring, you want right. someone with the, like, the DNA furthest from you to give oh, them the best chance. My goodness. Women chose men with DNA more similar. And I've also gotten messages from women like I got off birth control and I broke off my engagement. <gasps> 
like I I got off birth control and I like was so not attracted to my fiance. Like I'll so, like I've gotten messages that are like, Emily, I almost got married. I'm like, oh my gosh. Too much. Oh so this my is crazy. Gosh, your birth yeah. control is making you gay. <laughs> it's, so, making, yeah. it's making you have maybe, I don't know, bad choice of men. Not always. <laughs> but that is crazy that it would change your attractions that much mm-hmm. potentially. Being, yeah. But it makes sense. People don't realize how much our hormones can affect us. Yeah. And affect our minds, affect how we think. And how we think kind of can form our reality. Oh, yeah. um, and of course it affects the decisions that we make which then does inform our reality and people don't realize how much no. but you know more people are talking about this now which i'm encouraged by it makes me so happy yeah yeah it's it's emerging now i feel like it's now it's kind of trendier to talk about hormones and balancing your hormones and i'm like this is like the base level stuff that we should be talking about. Like we can't keep playing God with our cycle, right? Like, oh, I don't yeah. want my period. I think a lot of young women athletes are also put on it mm. so that they don't have a period. So it doesn't mess with their performance. Yeah. I've heard that a lot. Oh. And it's just for what? Like, yeah. is that worth it? Yeah. It's not. Okay. Um, let's talk about the cycle then. Because yes. All right. I will just say that until I started trying to get pregnant back in 2018, I really did not know anything yeah. about about the period cycle. I just didn't. And I mean, for as long as sex ed has been around in this country, I think most women and especially most men, but even most women, we really are totally ignorant about the stages of our cycle. So can you just talk about those and why they matter? Yeah. I did this on Instagram the other day. I was like, here's welcome to my sex ed class where I teach you everything you didn't know. Yeah. Like arguably the most important stuff about how our body works. Yes. Um, And so, okay. So I like to compare it to the four seasons that, you know, like we, nature, the four seasons of nature, we as women go through four seasons over the course of one month. Mm -hmm. So our cycle, men have a 24 hour hormone cycle, 24 hours. They can get up and go every day. They're the same. Women are not this way at all. It's like this way I say like the nine to five was meant for a man. Like women are not meant to be the same Mm -hmm. day in and day out. We just go through a cycle like 28 to 35 days, right? Mm -hmm four phases. Your period actually marks the start of your cycle. Okay. I used to think like I'm either on my period or not on my period. That's it. That's yeah. all there is. Well, and period, it's the end of a sentence. And so you would think it's exactly. the end of it. Okay. And granted, it is actually the least exciting part of your entire cycle. Like really ovulation is the main event. Period's what happens if you don't get pregnant and then your body's already getting ready for another like getting ready to hopefully get you pregnant again. Yeah. Um, and this is what our body was designed to do. We, whether or not we're trying to have a baby right now, our body is. And so I just want to touch on it for a minute that if you're missing your period or you have painful period, your period is the canary in the coal mine. Mm. Your period is like your monthly report card Mm -hmm. to tell you what's going on. So it's so important to stay in tune with it because it can tell you, okay, if it was heavy, if it was painful, if, you know, it was irregular, something's going on. Something's going on under the hood. Your body doesn't feel safe. Mm. So if all our body wants to do is have a baby and our period's messed up, it means our body's not safe. Mm. It's like something's going on. We're stressed, whether it's emotional, psychological, like whatever kind of stress that looks like, that's the reason we're not having a period. It's not, you don't have a birth control deficiency. Like there's something else going on and these symptoms are invitations. Mm. There are signs from our body of like, hey, something's going on. I need help. And I'm trying to tell you. And if we slap on birth control as a Band-Aid to quiet all of that, 
once you get off birth control, everything's going to come back or it's going to get worse. So they'll say birth control helped me so much. And Mm. what it did is it just covered up the symptoms. It didn't, it did help you short term, but you didn't heal anything. Mm. There's still all this stuff going on under the surface. So your period, day one of your period marks day one of your cycle. Then your period should last between like three and six days. Mm. That's a healthy period. Three and six days shouldn't be terribly painful. Like you really shouldn't be painful at all. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have to take ibuprofen. You shouldn't have to pop my doll. You shouldn't have to stay home from school or work mm. or anything like that. See, that was another thing that I feel like was kind of normal growing up is yeah. that some people would have like debilitating cramps yeah. in their back or in their abdomen. Both at the same time was me. I'd have two heating pads at yeah. one time. And that was just seen as totally normal. Yeah. That's the whole welcome to womanhood. Like, this is what it's like. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Um, and I think the same goes for the birth industry, right? Like, all the stuff that we're told. Um, but so you're on your period three to six days. Three to six days is as long as it should last. And all your hormones are at their lowest. So when people are like, I'm so hormonal. You're actually, yes, you are. We're supposed to be hormonal. But on your period, you're the least hormonal. Mm. So all hormones at their lowest. This one, you feel you know, you don't have motivation. You're not supposed to be going out. You're not supposed to be like hitting the town, doing anything crazy. You're supposed to stay in, nurture your body, slow down. Um, and chances are, this is what you're inclined to do. Yeah. Your, your, your body innately wants to kind of hibernate during yeah. this time. This is your inner winter. We and talk the, about and it like that's why you were saying like the nine to five isn't just really, de- it's just not designed for women or women weren't designed for it mm-hmm. because you still have to go, 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 be on it, be excited, yeah. be out there when really your body during this part of your cycle is telling you, hey, you need to slow down. Yeah. You need to maybe be alone or more alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, our our world really, no matter what you do, just yeah, isn't designed and for that. I'm not saying that women aren't meant to work. Like yeah. we can work, we can work hard. We're capable of doing so much. Yes. Just not in the terms that not in this nine to five like square that yeah. we're put in. Mm-hmm. It's just not flexible. Exactly. Okay, I'm so excited to tell y'all about Seven Weeks Coffee. This is an amazing company producing excellent coffee, but even more importantly, they are promoting godly values. They are dedicated to saving every beating heart. In fact, that's why they're called Seven Weeks Coffee, because at seven weeks gestation, that baby inside the womb is the size of a coffee bean. So Seven Weeks Coffee donates 10% of every sale to pregnancy centers. They've already uh, raised over 250 thousand dollars for pregnancy resource centers and pro-life organizations across the country, uh, supporting over 750 pro-life organizations at this point. When you buy your coffee from Seven Weeks Coffee, you are not only getting super high quality coffee, we absolutely love it in our home, but you are also allowing your coffee to serve a higher purpose to help save those little image bearers inside the womb. So go to sevenweekscoffee.com, use code Allie for 10% off your purchase at sevenweekscoffee.com, code Allie. So you're on your period and then the next phase, maybe around day seven, you move into the follicular phase, Mm -hmm. which is your inner spring. Mm -hmm. So the same way like flowers are blooming in the spring, you're getting your energy back after your period, your hormones begin to rise. And this is when your body's kind of preparing for ovulation. So this will go from day about seven to day 14. Hormones are beginning to rise. This is the best time to like brainstorm 
So it's the best time to do like creative work, brainstorm the month Mm. ahead or kind of things that you want to do, outline projects. Our brain is kind of primed to do these things during Mm. this time. We might have, again, more energy. So start to make some plans, go out, hang out with friends. And then what you want to focus on food-wise is healthy fats during this time are really important. Um, Healthy fats to prepare for ovulation. So healthy fats are going to help increase progesterone, cholesterol-rich foods, super good for progesterone production. Mm. That's another thing, cholesterol like gets demonized so hardcore and cholesterol is so good for us. We Mm. cannot make hormones without cholesterol. Mm. So without fats, without cholesterol, we need them. So like eggs, eggs Eggs are good, butter, butter is good, grass fed meat, the fat from grass fed meat, like all of these things are so good. Okay. Um, In addition to obviously like almond butter, peanut butter, olives, olive oil, coconut, milk, dairy, cheese, all of these things are super good. Especially during this time. Yeah. During the, when you're pregnant, progesterone is rising yeah when you want to really focus on supporting that progesterone production okay then you move into ovulation which usually occurs around day 14 Mm -hmm. this is when like you see those period tracker apps there's like that little flower on day 14 yeah um which it's different for every woman i'm day 15 like some are 16 some are 13 14 it really varies Mm -hmm. and so ovulation is the main event this is the star of your entire cycle this is the only time that you're fertile so ovulation though a lot of women you're supposed to feel your best this is like your inner summer so if we had menstrual phase your periods your winter follicular spring ovulation is summer your libido is highest because this is the time that you're fertile your libido is highest you feel better actually the bone structure in your face shifts slightly ever so slightly to give you more feminine features to make you look more attractive, more fertile during this time. Sometimes even like the way that you walk, the way you carry yourself. Now, ladies, pay attention. Like I promise you, if you you pay attention around day 14, you're going to know. You're going to feel it for a few days. Yeah. But- there is science to behind like some days I feel ugly. Like some days I look in the mirror and I'm wearing the same outfit that I've worn and it just doesn't look right. Yeah, yeah. That's usually luteal phase, which we'll talk about next. But during ovulation, a lot of women may actually retain some water or maybe get constipated during this time. So you want to increase fiber. I try to think like if it was summertime, this is your body's inner summer. What do you eat during the summer? Light, light foods, right? Mm-hmm. Salads, fresh fruit, raw fruits and veggies, seafood, lighter fiber rich foods to help kind of offset some of that water retention and bloating. Um, and then again, this is the time that you can get pregnant. So this is the time you're fertile, usually lasts about six days. Sperm can live for up to five. And then ovulation is a one, like a one day event. As soon as you release an egg, it starts to die. So that's and like this is all considering that someone does have a healthy cycle. Yes. And obviously there are some cases in which women are not ovulating and that is a whole problem. Yeah, if you're having anovulatory cycles or you're not ovulating. Um, same thing with like, oh, I had a late period. There's no such thing as late periods. It's just that you ovulated way later. Hmm. So your period will like always come about 10 to 14 days after you ovulate. Okay. So it's usually delayed ovulation. Again, if your body doesn't feel safe. Yeah. You're stressed, whether it's Mm -hmm. emotional stress, financial stress, work stress, kids, your body just goes, oh, we're, this is not a safe place to have a baby right now. We're going to hold off on this until we can handle all the other things that are going on. Yeah. And I know that we're in the midst of looking at these cycles, but I just want to say that just from the little personal experience I have with all of this is that it took me for whatever reason, you, maybe you would be able to diagnose this, but, um, for every child, it took four months of trying to okay. 
get pregnant. And as far as I know, there's nothing wrong with me. But the first time I remember that my thyroid hormone was apparently off Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I got on the right dosage of medication Mm -hmm. um, that we were able to get pregnant. And I'm guessing that's kind of what affected it. But then also for everyone, it's always been on the fourth month that we've gotten pregnant. We've never had to have like any help or anything like that. It's just been four months. Who knows? But um, I I do realize like just the importance of understanding your cycle, of understanding when you're ovulating, of how the thyroid hormone, how that can affect all of the other hormones that are necessary to have a normal cycle. It all just, it really plays together. And I think I did used to think that, well, if you just have unprotected sex at any point, you're just going to get pregnant. Like Mean Girls. Yes. The whole that was like, don't have sex or you will get pregnant. Yeah. That's basically the sex ed that we all got. Yeah. And And that's what I thought too. And having, you know, gone through pregnancies now, I realize it's a lot more involved than that. Yeah. And I think this also this idea that if you don't get pregnant on the first try, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. You're Um, infertile immediately. Yeah. No. Like I really urge women to wait like, yeah, six to eight months of trying. Um, I remember hearing a statistic. I don't know what it is now. It might be different, but that it takes the average couple 16 times. So 16 tries, whether that's like it's not 16 months, but 16 tries. It's not normal to just get pregnant on the first try. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not common. And so it means, yeah, it doesn't mean anything about you if you don't get pregnant on the first try. Yeah, Some people do, some people don't. It just takes a little bit longer. It happens at the right time for your body. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so that's the... You, ha- you said follicular, and then let's move on to the luteal. Yeah. So luteal is your last and longest phase. Okay. This is the two weeks before your period. Okay. So ovulation, all hormones are at their highest. Mm-hmm. Like progesterone, testosterone, pro- progesterone spikes like right after. And testosterone is high, estrogen is high, everything's high. And so if ovulation is when you feel the worst... This is one of the signs also, again, canary in the coal mine, like something's off. For example, if you're kind of have excess estrogen and estrogen peaks during ovulation, you're not going to feel great because now you have too much. Mm -hmm. Um, Or if you break out during ovulation, it should be when you feel your best. So luteal phase, you might still ride that like ovulation high, like feeling good, looking good. Um, This is the best time, again, to like use your cycle. I always say use your cycle as your superpower. Like plan interviews during this time, plan date nights during this time, like plan projects, take pictures. If you have front facing stuff, ovulation is the time to do it. Okay. Um, You're just more magnetic. Okay. Um, And so luteal phase, first half, you're still going to feel good. You're still going to feel good. Moving into the second half, though, the week before your period. And I would argue this whole phase, you should pull back on caffeine. Pull back on like refined sugar, pull back on fried foods. Mm. All these things are going to increase inflammation. And your luteal phase is when your body's essentially like kind of incubating a pregnancy, right? Implantation is happening. It's making like setting things up for a pregnancy. So what's going on is your stress threshold is much lower because your body's on high alert for anything in your environment that could jeopardize that. Mm. During this time, also our immune system is suppressed to accept that pregnancy so our body doesn't reject it. So if you're someone that gets sick a lot right before your period, this is a sign to maybe like up your vitamin C because yeah, immune system is suppressed during this time. And so the week before your period, just kind of slow down. Mm. So you'll feel it. You kind of feel your energy start to dip. You start to get closer to your period. This is when PMS occurs. And PMS is not normal. It's common. And there's such a difference there. 
And just because everyone else is experiencing it, everyone you know, still doesn't mean it's normal. Yeah. I don't experience any PMS. Like my period comes on the day it's supposed to come. I don't have lower back pain. I don't get irritable. There's no mood swings. Like it shouldn't, it shouldn't be crazy like that. Your period mm. should not affect your life. Mm. Like you, you're going to know it's happening, but again, like you shouldn't have to stay home from work or anything like that. So avoiding intense exercise, avoiding super stressful things, caffeine, sugar, alcohol, seed oils, fried foods during this time is just going to really help set you up for an easier period. Yes. I have noticed the seasons of my life where I am really dedicated to cutting out uh, inflammatory foods that cramps pretty much go away yeah. before my period where, again, I thought that that was just a normal thing that everyone went through even to have totally debilitating cramps right before your period. But you're saying that that's not, that's not a good thing and yeah. that's an indication that something is off. Yeah. Yeah. These are little, little signs that you can listen to. But instead of covering them up, you're like, okay, what am I doing? Yeah. Take a little inventory of your habits. And again, like I want everyone to know I'm not perfect. I go out, I eat seed oil, French fries. When I go out, like I eat dessert. I'm not perfect. I get my hair done. I get my nails done. You don't have to do it all. You don't have to, I like to say, you don't have to live on a farm and churn your own butter and do all these things, have no Wi-Fi. You don't have to do all of those things to be healthy. doesn't mm -hmm. have to be all or nothing. Um, but every little change that you make matters. Yeah. Like you're saying, like you avoid inflammatory foods, your cramps are better. And it's making those connections and yeah. going, okay, what I'm doing is working. Yeah. And being in tune with our cycle, because I think most of us don't change anything. It's just every day, getting yeah. through the day. And I totally understand, like everyone's busy, whether you're a mom like I am or whether you're not, like we all just have things that we're just trying to get through mm -hmm. without any thought about our bodies needing things from us besides just its immediate need of hunger or thirst. Yeah. So you're advocating for one, understanding our cycle, being more in tune with our cycle and the hormones and the hormonal changes that come with that, and then nourishing yeah. our bodies in a way that, I don't know, honors, I guess, the cycle that mm -hmm. God has given us, exactly. the in the pacing of our life and also in the kinds of foods that we're ingesting. Yeah, exactly. It's just listening to your body. And the more you do it and the more you tune in, you have the answers. Like that's what I try to empower women is like you have the answers. You don't need to look necessarily all the time. You don't need to look to someone in a white coat to tell you what to do or to tell you what's best for you. Like we are given discernment and we know. And it's not that like if we gain weight or all these things, like your body doesn't hate you. It loves you. It wants to thrive. It doesn't just, it's not just trying to keep you alive. It wants to be healthy and vibrant and thrive. And so if you gain weight or if your period suck, like it's not that your body's punishing you. It's that your body's trying to tell you something. Mm, yeah. It's not trying to discipline you. Mm -hmm. It's just trying to say, hey, we got to figure this out so we can function better. So your yeah. brain can function better. So your relationships can be better. Oh, that's a huge one too. Yeah. Like when I was on birth control, I was that, the, typical crazy girlfriend like that it did make me crazy and getting off of it I just remember yeah like oh wow yeah. I feel happy and I feel calm and I feel like grounded yeah. and so it affects like our mental health it affects our relationships like I have almost like ran my relationship into the ground with just picking fights before my period being moody being hangry being hormonal 
Like, yeah. oh, I'm just hormonal. It's yeah. my period. Just like lashing out and saying mean things and just not being who I want to be in a relationship and then blaming it on my hormones as if that was a valid excuse. Yeah. Wow. We don't even think about how God has designed our bodies to affect all of those things. Okay, last sponsor for the day is Jace Medical. I am so thankful for the service that they offer. Unfortunately, we live in an unpredictable time where we are facing things like uh, medicine shortages. The supply chain is all messed up. Unfortunately, we rely on other countries to get the medications that we need, including vital antibiotics, even some of the prescriptions that you and your family rely on. Maybe you've even been um, dealt with some of these shortages and this rationing over the past couple of years. That's why you need to go through Jace Medical's telemedicine process to ensure that you have a year-long supply of the most needed antibiotics for the most common infections, as well as all the prescriptions that you and your family members rely on. So you'll have a year-long stash should anything happen, whether it's an emergency happening in the world or just something going on with your doctor and your pharmacy. You don't have to worry about running out. You've got this year-long emergency stash of all the medications that you and your family need. So go to jacemedical.com. If you use code Allie, you'll get a discount on your order. Go through the process. They uh, will ensure that you get the prescriptions that you need for a full year. jacemedical.com, code Allie. Um, Tell us about, in addition to diet, what else do you do and recommend as far as exercise, the time that you spend outside? We hear a lot of things about like um, red light therapy, saunas, grounding. What do you what do you typically recommend when it comes to those things? It can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. You're like, I don't have enough time in the. I need to get a cold plunge now. I need to get a sauna. I I need to do this. I need to be outside. Cold plunging, I get a lot of questions about. Yeah, I recommend it for women if you're already like pretty healthy. Okay. It can cause inflammation and stress. That's what it's doing. It's an acute stressor that makes your body more resilient in the long term. But if your thyroid is trashed, if you're like having all these issues, don't recommend it every day. Mm. And I... I don't recommend it for any woman unless you don't have a cycle, right? You're postmenopausal, maybe. Mm, Um, But just because it's causing stress, stress. your body could negatively react to that. Yeah. So it can actually cause like more inflammation. But during your follicular phase, like I just recommend avoiding it before your period or if you're having trouble conceiving, avoid during ovulation too. Yeah. Just to really make sure your body's feeling safe during that time. Yeah. But follicular phase. And again, you kind of know. Like, oh, I'm feeling tired and gross and I don't want to do anything. Maybe not jump in ice water. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do think it's different for men than for, yes, for exactly. women. You know? Yep. Men I mean, could do it every day. Yeah. They're fine. Yeah. Like, and I, I understand. I could see the psychological benefits of enduring something that feels impossible Mm -hmm. first thing in the morning and showing yourself I can do this really hard thing that I did not want to do I didn't want to get out of my bed in the morning I just wanted to lay there and scroll on my phone but I went and I did the very last thing that I wanted to do this morning and that I do see how that whether it's the cold plunge or running or whatever it Mm -hmm. is sets you up for the rest of the day because I've had different experiences like that I don't do cold plunge but the one time long time ago now that I ran the half marathon I do remember 
the positive impact that that made on my mentality and my confidence about myself that, oh, I did that thing that I thought that I could never, ever do. Mm -hmm. Now I'm confronting this different obstacle and I bet I can do that too. And that's true in so many different areas of life. So I could see the benefits of something like a cold plunge, but it doesn't have to be a cold plunge. I do cold showers. Yeah. I do 30 seconds, 45 if I'm feeling crazy, but 30 seconds before I work out in the morning for that exact reason. Because look, there's going to be involuntary challenges that you face every day. Hard things are going to come up. So yeah, if like what you're saying, if so you true. voluntarily do something hard that you don't want to do, when something involuntary arises, you're gonna be like, oh, I can do this because I do hard things on my own. Yeah. I force myself to do hard things so like I can handle this. So I do the cold showers, 30 seconds, and I really like it. I feel the same way. Like it, you just feel better. You're like, wow, I didn't think I could do it. I can. Yeah. Like just reinforcing this, like I can do hard things. Yeah. Um, but I'll, even dunking your face oh, in the I ice dunk water. My face. Okay, okay, I do you both t- of those. Yes, you told me about that and I started doing that. Or even like my ice roller in the yes. morning. I'm not saying at all that it's the same thing as cold plunge. I'm not saying this is difficult, but even just the initial like difficulty <laughs> of doing something in the morning that doesn't feel great. Yeah. I do think it kind of helps you. I like it. I like the dunking my face in a bowl of ice water. I love it. Um, (laughs) It feels good. I do it mainly. It can help benefit like your nervous system and your heart rate variability. I do it mainly for my, I feel like my skin glows and it just kind of wakes me up and same thing. Yeah. It's like who thinks about dunking their face in ice water in the morning, but it really helps. Yeah. So definitely I would say, okay, we're going to talk about like just the main things that you can do. Basically things that are free, right? So yes, you can go in a sauna. If you have one near you, you have one at your gym, sauna is so good for you. Or you can take a hot bath with like Epsom salt in it. Get yourself to sweat. You really want to like open up your detox pathways, which sounds kind of complicated, but really it means like, are you drinking enough water? Are you going to the bathroom every day? Um, Are you sweating? Are you moving like your lymph? So we have lymph nodes all over our body. They play a huge role in our immune system. They help flush out excess estrogen, excess hormones. And if they get stagnant and our liver can't process things, it's bad news. It's bad news. We're not going to feel good. Um, I would say if you're someone that has a hard time sweating, you probably Mm. have like stagnant or congested lymph. Mm. So it can help to get in a bath and try to start sweating. Mm. Um, That helps a lot. So again, like you don't need red light therapy is great also, but free red light therapy is the sunrise and the sunset. Mm. So watching the sunrise game changer also it's beautiful like i don't know i watch sunrise and sunsets every day they still make me want to cry yeah um watching the sunrise and the sunset so the half hour after sunrise and half hour before sunset that's red light Mm. that's what you're getting during that time so Mm -hmm. concentrated red light super good for your mitochondria healing it can help hair growth can help so many things but red lights are expensive yeah and so if you can afford one watch the sunrise like when you wake up Get outside. Watch, yeah. Watching it through a window helps like brain benefits. But to get the real benefits, you want to be looking at it with your eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, so waking up, watching the sunrise, that's really helpful. Avoiding fragrance. Mm, also, yeah. it's like kind of like things that are non-food things that help our hormones. Avoiding fragrance. Um, I'm not saying you have to like swap everything out. But if you have your favorite thing and it comes unscented, laundry detergent. 
for example, hand soap, just by the unscented version. Yeah. Fragrance can mean so many things. Mm. It's an umbrella where it's usually proprietary ingredients. They won't tell you. It just says fragrance. It can mm. even say natural fragrance or like natural flavors. Mm. And they're not necessarily natural. It's yeah. a, basically a, just a chemical storm of yeah. things. So buying unscented stuff. Um, what else? Let's Are you see. okay with essential oils, like diffusing those yes. or that being the fragrance that is used in yes. deodorant or something? Yeah, yeah, I think that's safe. There are some companies out there that use like real essential oils, but I wouldn't trust something that says like all natural fragrance. Right. You right. want to make sure it is. it does say like scented what with essential oils and it'll tell you in there. I love essential oils. Yeah. yeah. I diffuse them. I have rollers. Like I think they're great. I've yeah. noticed massive benefits from them. So I think those are great. Okay. You just want to avoid like when it's in quotes yes. on the back of something, whether it's lotion, I mean, even perfumes, yeah. in makeup, in dry shampoo, yes, in body wash, in cleaning product. Like, I, and I don't want to scare anyone. Like my biggest goal, I don't want to shame anyone or scare yeah. them. There's still some things that I have. Like I use perfume, but I have a more natural one. Um, the company's Dime Beauty. I love them. It smells great. It's way less toxic. I wouldn't call it non-toxic, but it's way less toxic. And I spray it on my clothes instead of my skin. Yeah. And so doing things like that, there's great companies out there making candles yeah. with essential oils. Yeah. So yes, please ditch your Bath and Body Works candles, but like you can still have candles and you yeah. can still have perfume and you can still have these things. Yeah. We did. I love candles. And so I'm not saying that you have to cut out candles either. We did. We cut out candles. I switched to natural deodorant mm -hmm. and, you know, of course, unscented, non-toxic, or I guess it's considered non-toxic, uh, laundry detergent and um uh, dishwasher detergent and the dryer sheets and things like that. But then I still have scented, you know, kitchen spray yeah. some. And I also have not been able to go the non-toxic route on my hair. Okay, me too. I just haven't. With my shampoo and For my, colored my hair. body wash, yes. All my face stuff, yes. My hair products, no. Everything is still toxic and scented. Yeah. that's And that's the thing. Like, I say the same thing. Like, y'all, I still get my nails done. I get yeah. my hair done. Like, it there are things really I don't want to give up. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. My sister does my hair. Um, and I love it. It's it, What I say is it's non-toxic for my mental health. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just... You don't, it's not all, all or, or nothing. nothing. It's not exactly. all or nothing. And yeah, hair care is a really hard one. I've heard good things. If anyone's watching Inner Sense... I've heard good things about inner sense. Okay. Less toxic. T try that. But I I get my hair washed once a week. I wash my hair once a week. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. What's otherwise, if it strips your hair dye, you have to get your hair done more often. That's more toxic. So, you know, you got to pick your battles. Yeah. You got to pick and your battles. And what do you do for skincare? Skincare, I use. So this is crazy. I don't wash my face. I haven't washed what? my face in, I know. I know. And look, what? I have nothing. No, you I have, have nothing. You have beautiful skin. That's Thank why you. I ask. Okay, so you don't. I, wa what? I, you know what? I clean my face. I just don't wash it the okay. traditional way. Okay. I use facial cleansing oil to yes. take off my makeup. Yes, yes. So I use oil yes. and then I just use a warm washcloth with like filtered water. Yes. Or um, what you what you can do is there's this company called the Filter Baby and they make filters for your bathroom tap. Yeah. That's the thing. Tap water. 
is is bad news. Okay. Bad I don't news. drink tap tap water. Like we have our Berkey filter. Yeah. But we do use the tap water for, you know, our hands and our you know, our shower. Yeah. But I know you can get the filters, so right? So easy. Yep. I think you can I get a shower head filter. You yeah. can either get a new, like they make shower head filters, like where it replaces the whole thing. Yeah. Or you can get something that goes in between like your shower head and the little spout. Yeah. Which just hooks on. There's Aqua Bliss. I think Jolie is a popular like shower head one. Okay. Um, Just because our skin, like we're going to absorb dermal absorption within 30 seconds. The things you put on your skin are in your bloodstream. Yeah. And so if that's tap water, it could be like fluoride. It can be chlorine. It can be yes. so many things. Yes. Um, that we don't want in our bloodstream. So I always recommend filtering, filtering anything. That's a pretty easy, you don't have to get a $3,000 like whole house filter. Yeah. You can get these little things that hook on to the most important ones. For yeah. my dishes, washing my hands, like I don't worry about my actual sink, but the things that are going on my body. Yeah. So I use facial cleansing oil to take off my makeup. Yes, I, I do too. Just yeah. FYI. I do it works so well. Yeah. Like you think rubbing oil on my face seems weird. Yeah. It makes your skin feel so good. It's mm -hmm. so gentle. Mm -hmm. um, and the oil just basically grabs onto the impurities in your makeup that's on your face from your lotion. Works like a charm. Yeah. So I do that. Just the main ingredients, avocado oil. I could probably mm -hmm. make it myself. Yes. Um, and mine is, well, they're a sponsor for the show, but Adele Natural Cosmetics is the facial oil I use. Ooh. Now, when I am in the studio, because I have more makeup on here than I typically do. Um, I do also use like Primally Pure has the um, like facial cleansing mm -hmm. bars that I will use just because I feel like I need that extra yeah. to get all my makeup off. But I agree with you. Typically, I think that the oil by itself is fine and it leaves my skin feeling so moisturized. Yeah, I love it. Like you almost don't, I do still wear moisturizer, but like you almost kind of don't need it. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have any, you'd be fine. Mm -hmm. So I do that. And then I also use like a rose water like a toner kind mm -hmm. of like what you're talking about you're I'm kind of double cleansing I guess mm -hmm. and then I mainly use tallow like yeah. I mainly yes. use tallow yeah I think there's a little bit of jojoba oil in there and maybe yeah. like frankincense it's like a little blend yes um the company's tallow there's so many companies yeah um but I love it and that's yeah. mainly what I do and yeah. then during the day I wear a moisturizer because the tallow is too oily for me to like, put yes. makeup on during the day yes but that's really what I do yeah. and castor oil on my lashes that works like a charm. Oh, wow. I'd never heard of that. Game changer. Because okay. I had lash extensions okay. for four years. And I was like, I don't want these anymore. So I looked up how to grow your neck. Castor oil is amazing for so many things yes. also. Yes, I've heard um, this. And it worked great for growing your lashes. And oh, I'm sure wow. you could probably do it on yeah, your eyebrows. Yeah, your lashes are long. Wow, my goodness. Okay, <laughs> that's good to know. All right, it's that time. And the time is to tell you once again about Good Ranchers. If you have not subscribed to Good Ranchers to get that box of all-American meat shipped to your front door every month, what are you doing? Are you seriously still going into the grocery store and picking out meat there? That is such a hassle. You know those little Made in the USA stickers that a lot of the meat uh, has on uh, in the store on their packaging. Do you know that it just means that they were just packaged in the U.S., that very often this is imported meat from overseas? Who knows where? Who knows what quality it is? You don't have to worry about that with Good Ranchers. All of their meat is from American farms and ranches. It's also mRNA-free. That's the promise that they're making to you. So just so much less to worry about. You can get their amazing bacon, better than organic chicken, pre-marinated, non-pre-marinated, their craft beef. We love their ground beef. That's probably 
what we use the most. Also, steaks. It's just amazing. And this is another company run by a family that loves God, shares our values. Right now, if you use code Ally to subscribe to a box, you can get $189 of free chicken with your subscription. So when you subscribe to Good Ranchers and use code Ally, they will send you a $200 box of chicken for free. That's amazing. Just go to GoodRanchers.com and use code Ally. Okay, this is a hot topic that people are talking about right now. And that is, I would say it's in the larger conversation about plastics yes. and microplastics and how we're trying to avoid those as much as possible. And glass and stainless steel have both been offered as healthy alternatives. And with the Stanley craze and people going absolutely insane trying to get their Stanley, Stanley is kind of seen as the alternative that you should choose over your plastic water bottle. But there have been these viral videos going around showing that there's lead in Stanley's and in other stainless steel cups. So what do you think about that? It's, it is such, it's the hottest hot. Stanley's like, if you don't have a Stanley, you're not cool. Yeah. Right. I had one and I was like, I got a different one. Yeah. But, um, I, yes, they have lead in them. It happens in their sealing process. So it's kind of in the sealant that they use to seal these cups. It's not like the whole thing is made out of lead. I really think there's a lot of fear mongering happening. Um, like, yes, there is lead in them. We'll stay the one brand I know. I mean, if you're using glass, but I, I've had three glass water bottles that I've broken. Of course. Shattered. Because of course. Uh, really? Glass. Yeah. <laughs> so stainless steel is a better option. There is small amount of lead. Yes. But if we're going to be worried about that, let's start looking about everything else, right? Let's, if we're going to be worrying about heavy metals and that, like, let's look at the tap water. Let's look at this. Like, there's so many bigger things to worry about. Okay. And yes, Stanley's have some lead, but it's better than drinking out of plastic. Okay. So it's, it's so hard. I don't. So it's not to you. You don't think it's, it's just six in one, half dozen in the other plastic water bottle Stanley's. You still think the Stanley is better than plastic. Yes. Stanley's definitely better than plastic. I mean, Hydro Flask has no lead. They've come out, they kind of threw shade at Stanley actually and said like, this process is more expensive and took us longer, but we stand behind our product and we really care. Go for it. And by the way, I know there's a plastic water bottle right here, but she's not drinking out of it. Has it's, this been in the frame the whole time? Yeah, probably. What's <laughs> it's up? just a prop. Um, okay, so you still think it's better to go with the stainless steel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because glass is just, who's you can't give a child glass. You're not going to, that's. It's so tough. No, we the best that we've been able to do is stainless steel. And even in that, like there is some either plastic or silicone. Yeah. That is like playing a role in those cups, especially with toddlers, because it's so tough. No one can be perfect. Yeah. Like if I, I would love for everyone to drink more water. And if you can do a Stanley, you love drinking out of your Stanley. It helps you drink more water. Cool. Yeah. Great. It's better than plastic. Same thing with like Tupperware. Like let's switch to glass. Or at yeah. least if you have plastic and you're like, I'm trying to switch to glass. It's kind of expensive to invest. Don't put hot food in it. Yeah. Don't put it in the microwave. Yeah. Like there's so many little nuances that I'm not yeah. saying you have to go into your kitchen or overhaul your entire life. Yeah. But there's better ways to go about these things. Yes. I The one thing I liked about my Stanley, I switched to, I switched to, and none of this is sponsored, but <laughs> I did switch to a brewmate and I do like the brewmate because it doesn't spill. I didn't like the Stanley because it spilled everywhere. Yeah. The brewmate, you can just stick in your bag. You can actually like 
close it. But one thing I did like about the Stanley is that I could put my glass straw in there. And that's just like one elimination of plastic. There you go. I love using my glass straw. Yeah. So it is just a it is a, a balancing act. Like you are just trying to figure out what changes you can make. Yeah. Maybe some people can go all in and you are living on a farm and you don't have to do anything that's toxic yeah. at all. For most people, that's not the case. But yeah. yeah, I don't want people to get discouraged thinking, well, I just can't be natural or holistic at all yeah. because I can't do everything. I think that's the, there's a big, like the crunchy community is like under attack for this mentality. Like if you're not doing everything, it's not good enough. And like I've said, every little thing you do makes a difference in your health. Every single thing you do. So like, yeah, switching to glass, switching these things, maybe not going on your phone first thing in the morning. That's random, Ugh, but that I'm, has a- I'm bad about yeah, that. I'm so bad. It's hard. It's so hard. But that will spike your cortisol. Like yeah. starting your day like that. Makes sense. Boom. Totally so like even sense. half an hour. If you can hold off half an hour, makes a huge difference. Yeah. So there's just so many things like I don't want to shame anyone. I don't want to shame anyone for doing whatever because I've been there. I still do some things, but it's just the more you know, you can make more informed decisions. Yeah. I saw you post the other day about um, exercise. Yeah. Obviously, like you are very fit. You have a lot of lean muscle, but you posted that you haven't been doing heavy exercise recently, right? Yeah. It's been a while since I've had like a solid routine and I'm a big advocate. Like I think we should always exercise and move our bodies, but yeah. just sometimes in our life, it's not, we can't figure it out. Like we can't get into a routine. Yeah. We have busy lives. So I am active. Like I try to be active. I walk, I get a lot of steps in. I try not to be sedentary a lot, but working out with our cycle, kind of like I was saying with before your period, you want to avoid super intense exercise. So you want to avoid that in your luteal phase and on your period. Again, you don't want to work out. Like let's not, this whole no days off, like hustle hard, grind every day, girl boss thing. Like, no, let's be done with that. We don't need to. So I do lift weights, but I'm able to basically maintain my body by eating. I would argue that eating enough protein is probably the main thing that mm -hmm. helps me maintain the muscle that I have, even if I'm not consistently working out. Now, genetics also play a small role for sure in how quickly yeah. you can gain muscle and how well you hold on to it and all of these things. But I think just by being an active person, like you don't need a crazy routine to see results. Like I think if you worked out 30 minutes a day, three days a week, you could probably get pretty fit. Yeah. Especially if you are eating the right things. Yes. If you are eating the muscle, because like you said, your body is looking to latch on to that muscle. Mm -hmm. Like it's trying to find it. And so it makes sense that even if you're working out, but you're just eating carbs, that your body isn't getting what it's looking for. And so it's not holding on to or building the muscle that you're trying to create. That makes yeah. sense. Protein. Protein contains essential amino acids, which are the building blocks of like everything, our muscles, basically everything we do. So we need the essential amino acids. Otherwise we can't do those things. Yeah. And if we are, again, if we are fasting, if we're doing these crazy things that we shouldn't be doing, I don't recommend women to fast. It can eat away at our muscle because yeah. our body needs to get energy from something. And if we're not feeding it, it's going to atrophy what we have. Mm. Wow, that all makes so much sense. Okay, if you're listening to this and you're like, there's no way that I'm going to remember all of this and you're <laughs> frantically taking notes, one, you can follow on Instagram, Little Ray of Health. I've been following for a long time. Absolutely love following her, but also you have a course for yes. women. So tell people about that. Yeah, so I have an online course. 
It's called the Balance Bay Blueprint. It is basically everything that I did to heal my hormones. So it covers gut health. It covers metabolism. It covers nutrition. It covers like how to balance your plate, what to eat. There's grocery lists. There's eBooks. There's Pinterest boards with ideas for different recipes for each phase of your cycle. There's master classes. There's three master classes. One of breaking up with birth control. So it gives you like a step-by-step guide to getting off. There's one on the fertility awareness method, which is what I've been using for five years. It's some people call it family planning, um, but you track your temperature and like a bunch of other symptoms to determine your fertile window. So I've been using that for five years. It's basically side effect free birth control. So it's amazing. It's 99 when practiced with perfect use, it's 99.4% effective, wow. which is more effective than hormonal birth control. Yeah. Which is crazy. Wow. So I have a masterclass on that. I have a masterclass cool. called like Busy Babe Masterclass if you're always on the go. So I really created it as a resource that you can use for your whole life. For like every phase of your life, I'm going to add stuff on fertility, adding stuff on nervous system. I just want it to be a resource for women to come back to over and over and over again. Okay, we will put a link to your course in the description of this episode so people can easily find it. And we'll put your handle for Instagram. Encourage everyone to follow her. Thank you so much, Emily, of for course, taking the time this was to come so on. so fun. Yeah, so come say hi to me on Instagram, everyone. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. 